Welcome to Christian Living Spotlight, an extension of Christian Living Magazine. We invite you to join us as we take a deeper look into the stories and ministries highlighted in Christian Living Magazine. Welcome to Christian Living Spotlight. I'm Sandy Jones, publisher of Christian Living Magazine and the host of this show, where each week we take a deeper dive into the stories and ministries you'll find in the pages of Christian Living Magazine, a 501c3 nonprofit ministry. This show has been made possible by a grant through a local foundation I'd like to take this opportunity to thank, because without their support, there would be no Christian Living Spotlight. I am honestly both excited and nervous about today's show. You see, joining me in the studio today is Pastor Brian Seidel from Faith Journey Church. I almost said it backwards, Journey Faith. Faith Journey Church in Caldwell, and Jim Lyon, who is the General Director of Church of God based out of Anderson, Indiana. Gentlemen, thank you both so much for joining me today. A pleasure to be here, Sandy. Thanks. Yes, it's great again to see you again. I know. we. Yeah, we don't see each other very often. We don't see each other very often. We will be a lot lately, though. Yes. Anyway, but anyway, how are you guys? Hey, I'm in Boise, Idaho. How could I go wrong? I mean, what a great place. And the weather's good. The weather is beautiful. The landscape is gorgeous. The city is clean. Lots of life and energy, a place with a future. Sandy, never take it for granted. I know. Now, so, talking of rat, we were talking about rabbit trails earlier. So, many years ago, we found ourselves as empty nesters, and my husband and I could both, doing what we were doing at the time, could work anywhere. So, we looked, because he loves to bass fish. So, we looked where the bass grow big, huh. and ultimately chose to stay in Boise, Idaho, because of the lifestyle and the environment and the temperature, the climate, everything. Yeah. So, a yeah, good we, call. we have chosen to stay here. We love it. So, but thank you. So, Brian, I'm going to start with, I'm going to pick on you first. You and I, we were talking, I I had 20 years in my notes, but it's actually been 21 years that we've known each other. Yes. You came to our church as the youth pastor. I, as a member of the board, I was blessed to get to work with you then. And, and as you promoted up to associate pastor, and then I got to celebrate with you when you accepted the new role at what was Oregon Trail Church of God. And, and recently you guys changed the name to Faith Journey. So let's, I want to talk about that because I get asked about that. What, yeah. What's the name change? So, well, I changed so, the name, yes. So, I've, Brian, I've, what's up with the name change? <laughs> yes, I've answered that question so many times. But really, I think, ultimately, it just came down to clarity. And I think, you know, as we're on mission to spread the gospel of Christ, you know, in our community, we had just gotten a lot of feedback from, especially people that moving into the community, they would just see the name of the church and assume that we were in Oregon. And, and, I'm, and I was like, well, but you drive by our building every day. Like, you know, we're not in Oregon. But but I think they were just, we are close enough to Oregon. And I think people just kind of associated that. And so it, it was really just kind of about clarity. And I think also it was it was a time, you know, where it was, we needed to kind of rebrand and get some some fresh things as well. So, and just, you know, it's interesting after you change the name, then people tell you what they really thought about the, the original one. And so we've heard all kinds of things from people, you know, like, you know, some like, well, it's about time you change the name or we're really glad you did, you know, but again, just the, the connotation of the Oregon Trail, just, you know, most people thought it was old fashioned or out of time, you know, which does not represent God well and doesn't, didn't represent our congregation well either uh, any longer. So again, there was, there was a long season with that name, but it would just came to the the natural conclusion and time, you know, and to move on to the new one. And, and, and when I, when I came to Oregon Trail, we kind of rebranded new, you know, core values, all that, and centered it around the idea of a journey and connected to that, that name. And, but that really stuck with people. And I think where the name was somewhat of source of confusion, the vision of, of a faith journey was very clear. And people, we saw people, you know, grab onto that very well. So we just, we just went with what already we knew worked. So. And it does work. It does work. But someday I've got, because for me now, it's like once one name, 
Faith Charity Church. You know, it used to be Oregon Church. <laughs> it's like, yeah. I got to get past that, too. <laughs> yes. But, but people still ask, if I don't say that, that's Oregon Trail, right? <laughs> yeah. Which one is it? Absolutely. So, so yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then amidst the changes part, of it, and kind of it all happened kind of at the same time, but uh, we did just recently open a daycare. And so, which it turned out to be a very long process to get licensed and we had to rezone and there's just a huge story, but, but it is open and and now, so we are open for enrollment. So from birth through, through age five. So, you know, we're doing preschool curriculum as well as daycare. And you take babies too. So yeah, I was was kind of snooping around your website the other day and you take babies too. That's a big thing. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, Because again, there's not a lot, you know, of daycares that do. And, and that was, that was kind of our conviction part of, as we started that journey was just realizing there was not an explicitly Christian option in that area of the Valley. And so, cause we are out in the Middleton Caldwell area. And so again, that was one of the, the reasons we opened it. For our listeners who are not familiar with Brian's location, it does get a little confusing because you take the Middleton exit to get into Caldwell and he's right yes. off the exit. So it's, it is a little confusing, but it is a Caldwell address right off the Middleton exit, but you can't miss it once you get off the freeway. It's this, huge and it's right there. It is. So it's great. So now it's your turn, Jim. You and I met, and you probably don't even remember because you meet so many people, but we met four or five years ago. Last time he was here, last time he was speaking at yeah, the Oregon just, Trail. Just about four years ago. So, yes, I do remember. <clears throat> oh my gosh. Because I remember the magazine. Oh, well, thanks. Because you don't just run into people every day who publish a magazine, and you do. That's that's true. And you know we're getting ready to celebrate our 10th anniversary, so we've been doing it a day or two. Oh, so Well done. Um, I'm, I'm shocked. You know, niche publications don't often make it past five years, and we're all still pinching mm-hmm. ourselves that we made it to 10, and it's still growing. So Well, and print media is a challenge. The marketplace has changed so much, yeah. but here yeah. you are. Here we are, and loving it, loving good, it. Good. So our initial meeting was in the basement of Brian's church, and you did. It was, dare I say, it was an intimate meeting. It was a small meeting of pastors, board members, state board members, and I was privileged to be there. And you got to share your heart with us. And I was new in my position as the state chairman. And and honestly, transparently at this point, I will admit I was floundering. I had no idea what I was doing. Mm-hmm. As an autonomous group, there's you know you have to kind of find your way. And, and I wasn't handed an instruction manual from my predecessor, which was fine because I did have to find my own way and that was great. But I was trying to figure out and, and the thought of a general director and all of that, I was just like, wow, this, this is things I'd never thought about. And that night, I have to tell you, one of the things that really stuck with me to the point I went home and typed it up, found it on the website, typed it up, it sits as a Word doc on my desktop, is your five non-negotiables. Mm-hmm. Not just because you articulated them so well, but they were, I looked at my husband and I went, those are our five non-negotiables. <laughs> <laughs> are- I, haven't, I haven't articulated them that well. But that's the core of Christian Living Ministries, and so I, I would you could do you, do you mind me asking? Can oh, you reiterate those real quick? Oh my goodness, because they are such a core of who you are and what you carry. And you know, I've watched you closely all these years, and it's just like wow, he lives that. Well, I pray so. Thank you, Sandy. And of course, I'd be glad to share them. Uh, you're referring, of course, to the Church of God, which is the church family that I belong to, and you and Brian both yep. uh, have roots in. 
And uh, it is a wild and wonderful church family, but unlike most groups within the larger Christian community, it doesn't necessarily have a book of doctrine, it doesn't have a, a book of discipline that people could go to section number 62 on page 119 to find out what we think about that. Yep. And so it's actually a group of people who are leached by an experience in the Holy Spirit and an oral tradition. As I came to my role as what's called general director, which is a kind of preposterous name because I'm the general of nothing, and no one really takes my directions. <laughs> That's how I see it. But, but ostensibly, it's kind of at the point for this wonderful family of churches. We have several thousands of churches. Uh, both of you represent two of them right here in the Idaho, the Boise Metro, you might say. Uh, we have several thousand churches in the U.S. and Canada, four times as many in 90 countries, at work in 23 time zones around the world. What is it that gives us definition? This was my my challenge. How do I articulate that to help the tribe, as it were, remain faithful to its calling and its identity. That led to what I call the five non-negotiables. And they were not invented by me, but they are the consequence of listening mm -hmm. to the Church of God around the world. And these are the five. And when I say a non-negotiable, I mean something about which we do not debate. In other words, they're, they're starting places. Yeah. We might have debates about many other fine-tuning of theology. But on these five things, there should be no quarrel, no argument, no seminar to say, well, we're not sure. No, we are sure about these. Number one, Jesus. Jesus is supreme. He is everything. Jesus is the subject, as I'm fond of saying. And that's important because uh, church life is not about church. It's about Jesus. Christian life is not about organizations or institutions. It's about Jesus. Churches, institutions, organizations, ministries, magazines, radio shows, all of that can have their place. But if Jesus is not at the top of the mountain, then the rest will fade. Amen. So we believe that Jesus is Lord. He's the Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end, the bread of life, the water of life, the one way of life. He is the way, the truth, and the life. He is the exact representation of God in human form. When you see Jesus, you see the Father. He is both the Son and Savior, our friend, also our advocate. He is himself the creator. In the beginning was the word Jesus, and without him was not anything made that was made. I mean, Jesus is all that. And in the Church of God, if you're uncomfortable with that, you should be miserable with us, because that's a non-negotiable. Yeah. All right, number two, the Holy Spirit. We're a people who were formed, uh, our, our movement, as we call it, was actually born in the 19th century with an emphasis on an experience with the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is often talked about in Christian conversation, Christian books and print and and history, but it's often seen as kind of like poetry. You know, it's like it's like a lyric in a song. But no, no, no. The Holy Spirit is a real person of the living. God, and he convicts us of sin, and he can enter into us. He can even possess us and empower us to do things we could never do on our own for the good, for heaven's ends. The Holy Spirit is a real persona of the one God, and we believe that that Holy Spirit sets us apart for his work. And so we're, we're emphasizing that the Holy Spirit is key to following Jesus. Jesus is the main idea. And even the Holy Spirit said, Jesus said, I'm going to send you the Holy Spirit. And when, when I do, he's going to remind you of what I said. So even for the Holy Spirit, Jesus is the subject. But we need the Holy Spirit to stay on track and to do what we can do, what we can do supernaturally even. So the Holy Spirit is a non-negotiable. We're not debating whether or not there really is a Holy Spirit. Does he really engage people? Can you understand him? Does he give spiritual gifts? We don't debate that. No, he's a real thing. 
Number three, unity. We are a people who believe that God called us to be a catalyst for Christian unity. That in a world where there are so many expressions of the body of Christ, that hell's greatest weapon to thwart heaven's ends is the division of the body. Just think about that again. Hell's greatest weapon is not drugs, it's not sex, it's not politics, it's not theft, it's not profane language. Hell's greatest weapon to interrupt what God intends is the division of the body of Christ. And if the body were united, hell would tremble. Well, we think God called us to help bring the body together, to emphasize what we share in common, and to help energize and and build bridges. There may be some diversity at the far edges, but man, for people who own the non-negotiables, we should be able to get along. Fourth, Fourth is the great commandments. How do you think about the Holy Spirit and holiness? We think the Holy Spirit can bring us holiness. We're people about Jesus. We want to be a unity uh, people with the other believers and followers of Christ. But how do you do that? Well, if you were to take the whole Bible, if you were to take the sum of the Law and the Prophets, and I'm quoting here from the New Testament, how would you state that simply? Well, here's how Jesus said. It's these two commandments. Love God with your whole self and your neighbor as yourself. In this is the whole Law and the Prophets. That's what Jesus said. The Apostle Paul repeats that in the New Testament. We are a people of the great commandments, and when we get that down, when I can love God with my whole self, when we as a people can be distinguished because we love God supremely above all other things, when we love our neighbor like we love ourselves, when we get that down, we'll talk about movies and music and makeup and other stuff that divides the body of Christ over time. (laughs) We'll get that later. But let's focus on these great commandments. And then at last, number five, which is really a foundation stone, we believe in the supremacy of Scripture. So Jesus, the Holy Spirit, unity, Jesus prayed for unity, that we believe in the great commandments. I mean, all of those are sourced from the Scripture. So the Old and New Testament is for us the supreme authority, and no matter what the question, no matter what the context, no matter whether it be about our content, our conduct, our ideas, trying to interpret a world that's gone catastrophically bizarre around us, whatever it is, we would say we back up to the Scripture. And when there is a debate, and there will be, and there are, about anything, we need to decide it based on the scripture. Mm-hmm. Those are the five, Jesus, the Holy Spirit, unity, the great commandments, and the supremacy of scripture. You said it so well, so eloquently. And yeah, you know, that's some reason. Go ahead. Well, I was just saying, when I, I travel broadly, and I'm thankful for that chance, what I find is across a whole spectrum of this world, when you get down to those things, people will come together. Absolutely. And if Absolutely. I want to emphasize you to you my hymnal, or my mode of dress, or my, you know, doctrine about the second coming. That 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 doesn't always bring people together. We we have a mutual friend, Paul Shepard. He yes. Was ta- oh, yes. He was talking about the rapture one day. Yes, years ago. Yes. Years ago, and he said, you know, if you're post-trib and someday you find yourself caught up in the air, you're going to go, hey, those pre-trib people were right. It's not a, it's not worth the energy we spend on debating this. You or know, dividing the body over it. Yes. I, you know, and I was like, wow, what a great point. <laughs> well, as, a, as a little sidebar, uh, I don't know if you know the name Gerald Marvel, but he has passed away now, but was a terrific preacher in our church family. And I was a young man and he was preaching and I just was dazzled by him. So I became friends with him over time. And Gerald used to say, when it comes to the second coming, there are two things you need to know. There are two things you better get down. Number one, Jesus is coming back. You just better have that down. <laughs> and here's number two, when he gets here, you better be ready. I mean, that's what you need. He said, everything else is fun to talk about, but live with those. And I, yes. Yes. 
you know, it was, you know, but it was so fun. We were, our, our small group was in the middle of a nine month study on the book of Revelation. And part of our group was debating and I was trying to put the fires out each week and Pastor Paul does a show on this on this station every morning at nine, okay. and I heard that, and I called his office. I did not had not met him at that point, but I just said, "Can you send me that recording?" <laughs> yes. And that Sunday I, or that that week at Bible study, I played that recording. <laughs> well, like, we're not going to debate this anymore. We're just going to move on. <laughs> I, I, I'll give a pitch here for Paul Shepherd, a sister program on this station to anyone listening. Tune in to Christian Living Spotlight every week and pick up Paul Shepherd too, because he is terrifically wise and anointed teacher i yeah i love pastor paul and he he's a straight shooter you have no doubt what he's thinking (laughs) from the church of god in the san francisco bay area of all places perfect yep Yep. absolutely so you alluded to your your phrase and i don't know if this is it's been your phrase as long as i've known you and that is jesus is the subject which is church of god's national or international website jesus is a subject.org But I was listening to one of your former radio shows because you had Viewpoint for until very recently. 25 years. Yeah. 25 years. That was not intimidating to come into the studio with <laughs> no. you today. Not at all. Anyway, but you were talking in, in one of the shows that I was listening to about with all of the other religions out there, how you brought it all back around because it is all about Jesus. Well, the, the origin of, of that phrase, the vocabulary... Uh, actually, is is to my five non-negotiables. I mean, it's it was an experience I had with the Holy Spirit, I believe. And I was invited to take this job. I was pastoring. I loved my job. I loved the local church where I was. And I didn't imagine that I'd be starting a new chapter. I'm an old guy, and oh man, I, I, I'll probably walk out my life pastoring the church I did. Then it was called Mass. It's still called Madison Park Church in Indiana. In any case, I I was having knocks on my door, please consider taking this job. And I really wrestled with it because I didn't know whether I should or not. And I was praying earnestly. And I can tell you exactly, it started in January of 19, uh, 2013. And I I just got on my knees and I said, Lord, should I take this job or not? And the only thing I got back, and I think that God still speaks, I really do. And by that, I, I mean, the Holy Spirit is a, a voice inside. And when I said, Lord, should I take this job or not? Should I even consider it? What I got back was this phrase, Jesus is the subject. And I, it was very vivid, but it actually frustrated me because it wasn't an answer to my question. You know, the question was, should I change jobs? So yes or a no? Church. Yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> simply, I really, you know, come on. Hey, God, yes or no? <laughs> and, and I went on with that literally from January until April. And in that time, the search committee, the, the elders of the Church of God writ large, who had identified me as they well, who they thought God wanted to have the job, they were frustrated with me because I wouldn't give them an, an answer. And pretty soon you just, I felt bad, like I was stringing them out, but I didn't feel peace about it either. So in April of that year, 2013, I, I was on my knees by my bed, which is a custom of prayer. And I I just said, Lord, read my lips. I mean, it sounds so pretentious. <laughs> I was just frustrated. <laughs> read my lips. I have to have an, an answer. The answer is yes or no. Just be clear. I'll do whatever you ask. Just do it. And he said to me again, I've, what all I could get was, Jesus is the subject, and I literally wanted to pop a blood vessel. I said, this cannot be. But the Lord took me to another step, and I think this is how he communicates with us often, because we're not always ready to hear Mm -hmm. the whole sentence, so he will reveal to us what we can digest. So for these months of hearing the phrase, finally at last in April, after starting in January, he said to me, Jesus is the subject, and that is the answer, because... 
I want you to take this job and get my people to talk about my son and stop talking about themselves. And what was important to me about that was I've been a pastor for, well, 42 years. I pastored for 20 years in Seattle, which is my home place, 22 years in Indiana at the Madison Park Church. And in all that time, I looked back and I thought, I've always loved Jesus, but man, I talked a lot about the church. You know, the church, this church, that, the name of the church, the organization of the church, the style of the church, the address of the church. I mean, here we just talk about names matter, faith journey matters and all that. But in the church of God, we especially have had a preoccupation with somehow our ecclesiology. And I remember thinking then, you know, if we get Jesus right, the church will be fine. Absolutely. But if we don't get Jesus right, it doesn't matter what we do with the church. The church is subordinate to Jesus. So when he said, Jesus is the subject, I want you to get my people to talk about my son. Don't make every conversation about church multiplication. Don't make church planting the main drive. Don't make church discipleship the main thing. Talk about Jesus and let him lead the church to where it needs to go. So there we are. And uh, again, wherever I go in the world, if Jesus becomes the subject, I find conversation opens up. If church is the lead, then people have baggage, or they have questions, or they have concerns. But I found that Jesus doesn't carry that baggage. No, he becomes the common ground. And even unbelievers are interested in Jesus. If they can separate Jesus from the church that hurt them or wounded them or they read about in the news was bad boys and girls, whatever it is, if you get to Jesus, if he is the subject, you can have a conversation. Absolutely. You you know, hearing hearing your story and hearing that, and I know as we talk about me going to Oregon Trail, and I know that, again, it was January 2015 was when I was approached about taking Oregon Trail. And again, nothing I was looking for, nothing I wanted. And and No, you and I were actually working on a new website for Cloverdale. Yeah, because I (laughs) I mean, I was all in in that associate role and, and kind of thing. But again, very similar, I think, kind of. You know, Lord. journey really that God took me on yeah. in, in order to take that and a faith journey. Uh, yes, <laughs> absolutely. A faith journey. It was absolutely a faith journey, and and I think again as I sought the Lord about that, and again it was a long, at least six month process before I even gave them an answer too. And they were, I think they were a little frustrated with me as well because I'm like I just don't know what to do, you know. And and again, God had to process my wife and you know through all that and was to jump into that strategy. But but again, one of the things when we went there, the fir- again, the first thing, right? I mean, our core value number one at Faith Journey Church is Jesus is the destination of our journey. Yep. And and again, very similar, right? To say that, I think, and honestly, Jim, you really led the way for me in that. I think as I saw it happening with our movement and I was like, wow, in a lot of ways, what, what God was doing through Oregon Trail and now Faith Journey was a very parallel story um, to to even what was happening on the, on the global stage with that's, the movement, so. That's awesome. I could reflect that from that day in 2013, as that vocabulary came up, and even hear your, your testimony, Brian, in, inspires me or makes me feel whole. Thank you for that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but I, but it's more than just even talking about Jesus, because it means I have to follow Jesus. And here I am, an old man still on this job, ten years into it, and I'm still discovering more about Jesus. And and making Jesus the subject is making me get out of the predictable familiar because jesus is a radical and following him is stretching me so when jesus is your subject not just for the local church but for your journey your faith journey that's a lifetime of stretching and growing and becoming and repenting and reaching 
because that's just the way Jesus is. I say it so often. No one has ever arrived. He's going to reveal right. something different to us all the time. We're out of time. Brian, I don't want to miss out on your website because that's where people find about your programs and your service times and all of that. So yes. what's your website? Yeah, it is faithjourneyidaho.com. Faithjourneyidaho.com. Yes. Okay. We are out of time, folks. I'm going to remind you that you can pick up your own copy of Christian Living Magazine at over 600 locations throughout all of Southern Idaho. Or if you're out of the area, you can read us online at christianlivingmag.com. I hope you'll join us again next week when we have another special guest in store for you, someone who will fill you with hope and inspiration. Until next time, God bless. This has been Christian Living Spotlight, an extension of Christian Living Magazine, where it's our desire to deliver faith, hope, encouragement, and perhaps a new perspective about God's love to our listeners and readers as we showcase the hands and feet of Christ at work in our community and beyond. For more information on today's program, the magazine itself, or to subscribe, go to www.christianlivingmag.com or search Christian Living Magazine on Facebook for an uplifting start to each day. Christian Living Magazine is free to pick up in over 600 locations throughout Central and all of Southern Idaho. Our mailing address is Christian Living Magazine, P.O. Box 867, Meridian, Idaho, 83680. Or you can email us at christianlivingmag at gmail.com. Thanks for listening, and we invite you to join us again next week.